It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Joseph Daniel Votto showed once again Wednesday why he is one of the best hitters the Cincinnati Reds have ever seen. How he got into the Cubs' heads and who the Reds are most likely to trade versus who is most valuable trade chip because I don't think they're the same player. And I'll explain next. You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker, who is currently MIA, although I do know he'll be back tomorrow. You just got me today. This is the Locked On Reds podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. And we are free and available on all platforms. On today's episode, I want to talk to you about Joey Votto and the night that he had at the plate against the Chicago Cubs that absolutely got in their heads and bothered the crap out of them. And boy, it was great. And we're going to talk about an interesting night for the pitching that actually went pretty well and also some trade chips and why the Reds should be looking to deal I mean, pretty much starting today, as we're getting into the month of June, we're starting to get into trade season. The Reds need to be busy with that. By the way, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts that your car will ever need are at rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, let's talk about the man himself, Joseph Daniel Votto. What a game he had last night. Dude had a cycle going before the third inning was over. He had a homer and a triple. Got the hard stuff done. Cubs just got scared. Stopped pitching to him. Although, to be honest with you, really what happened was they brought in Daniel Norris, a lefty, who shut down everything. Just, uh, you know, continuing more of the same of what we've seen for the last two years. And that is if an opponent pitches a left-handed pitcher, I don't care who he is. The Reds just can't hit him, which is ominous for today since Justin Steele, the Cubs probable starter, is a lefty. Anyway, great night at the play for Joseph Daniel Votto. What a home run he had in the second inning. Let off that inning. That was after Luis Castillo struggled through the first. The Reds didn't get anything in the bottom of the first, and you're starting to feel like, uh-oh, this kind of feels similar to Monday night and Tuesday night whenever the Cubs just got up on the Reds and the Reds just never could quite muster enough of a comeback. But... The door was shut, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes when I look at Luis Castillo's performance. But Joey Votto overall, he absolutely loves facing Kyle Hendricks. Anytime the Reds face the Cubs and Kyle Hendricks is on the mound, go to betonline.net and figure out what bet you can put on for Joey Votto because he's going to have a good night. 
absolutely murders Kyle Hendricks when he's on the mound. We're talking about a tune of a 1300 OPS. Yeah. On base plus slugging over 1300. He has five career home runs against him. He's only struck out seven times in 52 at bats. He just loves facing Kyle Hendricks and he absolutely killed it. Dead ball, whatever. He hit that thing out of left or right center field. Absolutely clobbered it. Dude that caught it too. Pretty good for him. He brought his glove to the ballpark. That was kind of fun. But uh, Joey Votto, though, just an amazing day. He continues to show why he is one of the best Cincinnati Reds hitters to have ever done it. And it's so funny because, I mean, obviously he's happy. He's feeling himself. He's had five extra base hits ever since coming off of the indeterminate IL for COVID reasons and things like that. He's got five extra base hits. I think he only had like one or two before getting sick. He's he struggled through the month of April, but he's really got that resurgence back, and he's looking like the Joey Votto from 2021, the guy who will continue to hit this well all season long. But he was feeling himself after that home run, got a little bat flip, was celebrating. Apparently the Cubs took issue with that because Rowan Wick in the eighth inning tried to plunk him. I, I don't know what we're doing here. Like, come on. You know, what, what is this? Like, I, I think that there's this weird thing in baseball that pitchers just get offended or something. And Joey Votto had to do like some matrix crap to get out of the way of that. Like, I mean, he was like ducking and jumping and kind of, you know, landing on his back. Like it, it was weird looking, but the ball was headed toward his head. Make no mistake about that. Rowan Wick was throwing at him. And so then he ends up walking him on four pitches. And so the whole way down the baseline, Joey's staring at him. And Rowan Wick looks back at him and says, nice bat flip, expletive, word I'm not going to say. I mean, come on. What are you doing? It's very obvious. And then, like, after the game, like, they were talking to Rowan Wick. They said, what would you say? He's like, oh, you know, I just said nice bat flip. No, you didn't. You didn't just say nice bat flip. And Joey knew it. So as soon as Joey's getting on first base, he's jawing at him. Man, that was, I was getting fired up watching that because I was sitting on the first base side, not too far back from where the action was taking place. That was phenomenal. He was getting in his head, and the Cubs dugout was having to back him up. They were yelling from the dugout back at Joey. Joey's yelling from first base all the way over to the third base dugout. It was hilarious to see because he was just all in those Cubs heads. Sorry, Cubs players. If anybody's watching this right now and sees this here, uh, smiling Joey, I guess that's a trigger warning. I should have put a trigger warning on that. Anyway, whatever. Joey Votto absolutely just dominated last night, and it was great to see. He had three RBIs of the total runs that the Reds scored, and the Reds pitching staff was able to hold on. We'll talk about that uh, here coming up in just a minute because I think that pitching – you know, it's been an interesting story in this game, and, and it's been an interesting story for the Reds so far this season, and for more than just one reason. Don't make do-it-yourself work on your car interesting, though. Head to Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to carry everything that you need. Why do your often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Like... Is your car an EX or an LX? Well, I don't know, Jim. Let me go take a look at my car. 
go to rockauto.com because they've got all the parts that your car will happen to need ever need. And they've got favorite brand. If you know what your favorite brand is of your part for your car, if you're a very mechanically savvy person that would know that rock auto's got that. Or if you don't know a brake light from a brake pad, you can go to rockauto.com and they'll help you out. They will give you the kind of customer service like, you know, explain it to me like I'm five. Rock Auto does that. Plus, why would you want to spend 30 to 50 to even 100% more for the same parts of the chain store or car dealership? I mean, Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. They don't ask you what your profession is if you're a professional mechanic or if you're just, you know, doing it yourself. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts for your car or truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us area so they know that we sent you. Because rockauto.com has amazing selection. They've got reliably low prices. And most importantly, they've got all the parts that your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Thank you for making Locked On Reds your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast as they recap Major League Baseball days worth of games like never before. 20 minutes or less, you can get every day worth of action on the Locked On Now podcast. Locked On Now is just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. Make sure you're following Lockdown Reds on all platforms, including YouTube. Thanks for watching us here. If this is your first day, make sure you subscribe. We've got a lot of extra content here on YouTube. Steve just did a great interview with Spencer Stockton, a relief pitcher at the Dayton Dragons. That was very revealing, especially when you're talking about how the Dragon or how the Reds minor league system really works to develop their pitchers. You got to check that out. That's on the YouTube page. Coming up tomorrow, Steve and I are going to make some predictions about the Reds and Giants series this weekend and get you set for a series that's going to include an 1130 start time on Sunday. Yeah, make sure your fantasy baseball lineups are set early that day. <clears throat> anyway, never a dull moment with this pitching staff. It's been a rough year so far. And we talked about that yesterday, looking at how bad the starting pitching has been. Luis Castillo gave us a little bit of a scare there in the first inning, gave up two runs and took 31 pitches to get out of the first. And then whenever the Reds didn't score for him in the bottom of the first, you started to wonder. Thankfully, Joey Votto got that all fixed in the second and in the third as well. But Luis Castillo overall, his first inning was just absolutely worrisome. You really thought, oh boy, here we go again. But then in the second inning, he transformed into his super form, La Piedra. And the second through the fifth inning was a beautiful performance. And I really thought that he should have gotten the sixth. I know he was over 90 pitches. He was at 94 pitches. But I really feel like he is in his groove. You saw him pitch if you watched the game. And if you didn't watch the game, from the second through the fifth inning, it was smooth sailing. He struck out the side, I believe, in the third inning. No, maybe it was the fourth thing. Anyway, he struck out the side in one inning. He had all of his pitches working in, out of the zone, exactly where he wanted them to go. High velocities, great spin rates. All of this stuff was just hitting every single mark. And then they put in Tony Santion to start the sixth. Don't get me wrong. I like Tony Santion. I don't understand why you took him out there. I think that he should have at least been given a chance to get that quality start because Luis Castillo has shown that he can pitch well. And he was absolutely dominating Cubs hitters. I thought he should have been given one more inning. But hey, Tony Santion comes in. He walks a couple of dudes, but he gets out of the inning unscathed. And then Alexis Diaz and Art Warren in back-to-back -back innings just look phenomenal. 
I mean, Alexis Diaz just continues to look like a dude who deserves more high leverage situations. And I thought we'd see Jeff Hoffman last night, but there was no Jeff Hoffman in the ninth inning. You had Hunter Strickland, but leading into Hunter Strickland, the Reds pitching staff looked really solid. That was a good, good game for this Reds pitching staff. Something that you can't say a whole lot often because it feels like the Reds are winning games like seven to six and you're like, oh boy, well, the pitching hold on just a little bit, just enough to get us there. But they put together a complete performance yesterday. You love to see it. Alexis Diaz, just the way that he was pitching Cubs hitters, he gets up there on the mound, man, and he says, here's my fastball. You're not going to hit it. And then if you start fouling it off, all right, well, here's the slider. <laughs> Good luck. Love watching Alexis Diaz pitch. And Luis Castillo yesterday looked like a man on a mission to get that quality start, and he just didn't get the opportunity to do so. But the one thing that I really wanted to focus on was that ninth inning because Hunter Strickland comes in and he's been pitching better lately, but I feel as though they've got this hierarchy. We always talk, me and Steve always do like, you know, power rankings of Reds relief pitchers and things like that. And we know that they're ever changing, that this is a fluid situation with this bullpen. But it feels like that David Bell and Derek Johnson have their hierarchy of the Reds bullpen, and it feels like Hunter Strickland's at the top. I, I think that he continues to get these high leverage situations, and he's pitched better as of late. But yesterday, he showed you why I don't think he should be at the top of their bullpen hierarchy. I mean, he got a dirty save. He got a save, yes. But he gave up a run, he hit a guy, he gave up a walk. And, and, and let's talk about that hit real quick because David Ross thought it was intentional. David Ross was coming out screaming at the umpire why there wasn't at least a warning to the Reds because he felt that that was retaliatory. David, let me let you in on a little something here. The Reds aren't going to retaliate by hitting Patrick Wisdom. I get it. Patrick Wisdom's pretty solid. But Joey Votto for Patrick Wisdom, that's a terrible trade. Like, we're not doing that. That's not something that we're talking about here. Maybe, I, I, I don't know who you're going to aim at here. This isn't a situation where I'm like, let's headhunt. Let's talk about this. I, I, I think it's weird when you do retaliatory stuff like that in baseball because Joey was having his fun, man. It wasn't like he went up to Hunter and was just like, you need to plunk the first guy you see. I don't think that was that case at all. I just think that was the case of Hunter Strickland kind of losing control of one of his pitches. But David Ross got his pound of flesh. I mean, he screamed at that umpire. That was, that was a good saw a couple of minutes where I was just super confused because his man was on first base. He was fine. It wasn't like he got hit in the head. It wasn't a really terrible pitch. But it was more of Hunter Strickland showing that whenever he comes into the game, he's probably going to allow one or two base runners. Like, I, I think that Hunter Strickland is... The kind of guy that when you see the bullpen door open, that heartburn rating, we talked about the heartburn rating yesterday when you're looking at relief pitchers. Heartburn rating on Hunter Strickland is going down a little bit here recently, but it's still, I mean, you still want to take at least one tum whenever Hunter Strickland comes into the game, you know, if you've got a heartburn problem or something like that. But Hunter Strickland overall gets the job done, even though he gives up a run, makes it look interesting gets the strikeout at the end. Everybody's feeling good about the win. I do wonder, though, with the win, should David Bell and Derek Johnson reconsider the bullpen hierarchy? Because we've talked about, until we're blue in the face, how good Alexis Diaz and Jeff Hoffman have been this year. 
as much as I hate to admit it, I'm starting to come around. Jeff Hoffman, good pitcher. I've, I've looked at the numbers that he's had. He's looking very good peripheral-wise, just very strong. So why don't those guys get more of the high-leverage stuff? And Tony Santian, I think, at the beginning of the season was given it, and he kind of imploded in a few uh, appearances. And so David Bell and Derek Johnson reset their expectations of him. I, I think they... And and maybe this is more of a conversation about what a major league baseball player should expect, because I know if I was a pitcher, I would want to know where I stand each and every day. But when you watch this bullpen, it's very hard to say and set in stone. This is what the bullpen should look like because it changes on a daily basis. Anyway, that's a situation why David Bell and Derek Johnson get paid to do what they do. And I'm here talking to you. All right, there's some things that the Reds need to do here very soon because trades are coming. <laughs> it wouldn't make sense for the Reds to forego the trades. So who is most likely to be traded away? I'll give you my answer to that after I give you the answer to your hiring problem. LinkedIn. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier for you to find people that you want to talk to faster. and for free. Create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's and you can follow locked on reds with no F's. Also subscribe right here on YouTube. All right. When I look at what the Reds are about to do, the name of the game is trading away. And it's not just to get rid of them. There's something that we've talked about with this Reds front office is that it feels like in the past, their mantra has been, let's get rid of the payroll and we'll figure everything else after that. That's not what we're talking about. They got Tommy Pham on a one-year deal. They got, uh, let's see, they got Mike Miner. He's on an expiring deal, but he's not healthy, so I'm not sure what his trade value is, if anything at all, right now. Plus, they traded Amir Garrett to get him, so you can probably see that that's about the value, if not lower than that. So, overall, who is most likely to get dealt versus who is the most valuable trade chip? Because it's not the same person. Because to me, the most likely player to be traded by the Cincinnati Reds is Tommy Pham. Now, there's a couple of reasons for this. Tommy Pham's solid. He's not amazing. He's not spectacular, but he's solid. He can help somebody out in the outfield. He can help somebody out with a solid right-handed bat who gets on base. And I don't necessarily think the Reds would be asking that much for him. 
so long as the team who trades for him takes the rest of the money off the books. I think that Tommy Pham is the most likely to get dealt because he's healthy. I think that the two most likely players to be dealt by the Reds right now is Tommy Pham and sadly friend of the podcast, Lucas Sims, because Lucas Sims fits the mold of every player or of the player that every team is looking for at the trade deadline. They're looking for a solid reliever. He is a very good reliever, especially when healthy. He's kind of struggling right now with some health issues, but if he were healthy, I think he would probably be the most likely to be dealt because it is the most sought after position around these times. And I think that the Reds could get a decent haul back for him. Not necessarily we're talking about like, you know, game changing prospects or anything like that, but the kind of guys that would help give them depth, not in the organization, but at the major league level here in a year or two. So I think that overall, Lucas Sims and Tommy Pham make up the top two. And because Tommy Pham is healthy right now, he is the first guy that I look at that could be traded. And it's this is kind of the conversation that I've not necessarily been avoiding, but it's about that time of year as we get past Memorial Day and as we get into June, this is when the Reds really need to be lighting up the phones. Maybe not necessarily, you know, begging people to take guys off their hands like they were obviously doing in the offseason, but they need to be looking up contending teams right now that have specific holes that the Reds can fill. Say, hey, look, we got this dude. You got a couple of guys in your farm system that look like they're going to be studs here in a couple of years, but you can't wait a couple of years. You send them here. We got a guy for you right now because the Reds need to make this work. They cannot continue to trade their guys for equivalent prospects like Nick Quintana and guys that just nobody's really looking at and saying, is this guy really going to make a huge impact on the major league roster? We're not thinking so. And they definitely can't do the Wade Miley thing where they're just like, yeah, we don't want to pay you no more. Bye. I I, I don't want to see any of that. I don't want to see people like I want to see stories and maybe this is a pipe dream. Maybe they just can't do this. I don't know. But I want to see stories that are saying, boy, the Reds won that trade, right? They really looked good in that trade because, yes, you can say, well, Jeff, they won the Johnny Crado trade back when they made that. Look how good that worked out. Sometimes guys just don't pan out. The best thing that the Reds can do now is make a good trade because you're not keeping these guys around so that you can win 74 games. As much as I would like the Reds to win 74 games and you know make me a little bit of money on the, the over-under win total, that's not their goal. That's my goal. That's not the Reds' goal. The Reds' goal should be to position themselves for the most wins here in the next two years because 2024 is that target date. We've talked about this lots here on the Rocked on Reds podcast. You've got a lot of guys coming off the books for guaranteed contracts, and you've got a lot of dudes who are just stud prospects who should be in the major leagues by 2024, if not before then. So build your team for that. Don't build your team for right now because building your team for right now is not going to do anything. We see every day. How much this team fluctuates from very bad to mediocre. Mediocre is the ceiling. Make no mistake about it. That's where the Reds are this year. They're not going to come anywhere close to sniffing a playoff spot. And if that's the case, they shouldn't be pretending like that's going to happen. We understand watching this team. They're playing for 2024. At least that's what the front office should be doing. Players are obviously playing for today, but. When you look at this team, how they are going to be contenders, it's going to be in 2024. And, you know, I mentioned that Lucas Sims and Tommy Pham are your top two. I, I, I'd fill out the top five like this. I'd say 
Tommy Pham's number one. Lucas Sims, number two. These are the most likely to be dealt. Number three is Luis Castillo. Now, Luis Castillo, for me, is the most valuable trade ship, but the Reds should be asking the moon for him. I'm talking at least a top five prospect, if not two top 10 prospects. And if you're looking at a top five prospect and not two top 10s, then you're looking at a top five and a top 15. We're talking about two guys. I don't want just one. Because like when you looked at the Seattle trade, you looked at Brandon Williamson and you got excited, but the other two guys, you were kind of like, maybe I don't want to do that with Luis. If the Reds trade Luis Castillo before the trade deadline, I want to look at the players that they got back and be like, heck yeah, let's go. Because that is the player that Luis Castillo is. If the Reds are not going to be able to sign him, which I don't think they will, I think he has performed well enough to price himself outside of what the Reds ownership group wants to pay for a guy, then they need to trade him now because he has multiple years of control, which will be sexy to the team that's looking to trade for him, and they can get some real good prospects back because of that. So I look at him as the third most valuable. Tyler Malley is the fourth most valuable for basic. He's like Castillo light. He's a guy that I think the Reds should get a top 10 prospect for maybe even a top five prospect for. And then like, you know, like a top 30 guy on top of that. But I'm not expecting two stud guys for Tyler Malley. I think two stud guys for Luis Castillo, one stud guy for Tyler Malley. And then number five on my list of most likely to get traded is Tyler Naquin. Just because I think that Tyler Naquin could help a team. And I don't necessarily think that the Reds are going to continue to uh, pay his arbitration and stuff like that when they've got all these other young guys that are coming up. You probably have some interesting dudes in the outfield next year. I wonder if Michael Ciani will be ready next year because he could be. And then you could have an outfield of Senzel, Ciani, and maybe TJ Friedel, Jake Fraley, or something like that. And then you've got you know some other really stud corner outfield prospects coming up in the next two years. So... Top five, Pham, Sims, Castillo, Malley, and Naquin. I think Tommy Pham is the most likely to get traded. But overall, what I see here is the Reds are nearing the point in the season where they need to look to contenders with holes and build up their farm system with trades to those contending teams. That's going to wrap us up on this edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for listening, for watching. And if this is your first time, make sure that you are following us on your favorite podcasting app. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. That way you don't miss anything that we've got coming for you. And thanks for making us your first listen. Now make your second listen locked on MLB as Sully has you covered with his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. That's locked on MLB, just like locked on reds free and available on all platforms. (sighs) We are coming to the point in the season where it's going to get hard to say goodbye to some guys. You might have to figure out what to do with that sticker, Luis Castillo. But you know what? Every single day, we're going to be right here talking Reds because we're locked on Reds every single day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.